0: Last May, over 33,000 women from around the world attended the 2020 Wives of Integrity online conference. In the midst of a pandemic, wives understood more than ever that their marriages were under attack and they wanted to fight back. This year's event is even bigger, with more than 70 wives speaking on topics like communication, intimacy, faith finances, military life, parenting, and much, much more. Head on over and register for free at wivesofintegrity.com. That's (music) wivesofintegrity.com. Expecting a baby? Know all your birthing options? Need help planning? birthing experience the childbirth conversations planning guide with emmy beth manor is a must have emmy beth mother of 10 and labor and delivery rn has been helping women have beautiful births for over 15 years childbirth is an amazing experience that god has designed for women planning and preparing are essential for this life-changing event grab your free guide to the top questions to ask so you can start planning today. Go to childbirthconversations.com/walk it out. That's childbirthconversations.com/ walk it out
1: You're listening to walk it out with Trisha Goyer a difference in this world, you're at the right place. Here's your host, prolific writer, world traveler,
0: people lover, and mega nap taker, Trisha Goyer. Well, friends, today on Walk It Out, we're gonna be talking about loving others. We're gonna be talking about opening our hearts, opening our homes, maybe even virtually, but also how we can just spread kindness everywhere we go including our homes. Today's guest is Karen Eman. She's a New York Times bestselling author, a speaker with Proverbs 31 Ministries, and a writer for Encouragement Today. She has authored 15 books and has been on media outlets like Fox News, Today Parenting, Redbook, and Crosswalk.com. So welcome, Karen. Hey, Trisha. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited. We're gonna be talking about um, two books today, reach out, gather in and then also make their day, which both of them are really about opening our hearts and really loving others. But let's start with um, reach out, gather in. And I would just love to hear your heart behind the book. And then I know so many times you talk about hospitality, but what does that look like when we can't really invite people into our home these days? Right, (laughs) exactly.
2: (laughs) Well, the reason I wrote the book is because I grew up in a home with a a very loving single mom, but we just didn't really have a lot of people over Mm -hmm. because she was busy just trying to put food on the table. And so when I graduated high school, I, I could boil water, but that's, that's about all I could do. Or maybe make some slice and bake cookies. <laughs> but other than that, you know, I just really didn't know anything about hospitality. And then fast forward four years later, I married my college sweetheart and I married into a family full of mm. interior decorators. One owned a bed and breakfast, one did catering and actually trained under Martha Stewart, you know? And so I'm like, uh-oh, <laughs> I better learn. I better learn how to be fancy schmancy too. And it was then that God really began teaching me a huge lesson that what the world calls entertaining is not at all what the Bible calls Mm -hmm. hospitality. And so I tried to impress people at first learning how to cook. I actually entered the county fair and won some blue ribbons. I started having people over to dinner. And I soon learned that real biblical hospitality is a lot more about seeking to refresh others, than impress them. And so <laughs> over the years, I just really kept going in this journey and God just did some amazing things through opening our home. And after a while I had people say, boy, I wish you put down some of your ideas, like your recipes and your, your strategies for keeping your house decluttered and all this kind of stuff, have it all in one place. And so that's why I wrote the 40 day challenge, reach out, gather in it's, it's part Bible study and journal and the why of hospitality, but it's also a lot of the how. The what to do.
0: Yeah. And I love that there, you mentioned that it's, you know, the journaling part and then there's a devotional part and there's recipes and it's so like, um, there's so many different topics and different interesting things as I'm going through, I'm like, Ooh, I want to do this or, Oh, I want to try that. And I love that there's so much diversity in it that really anyone can pick it up and you know, you don't have to read it from front to back. There's going to be something for you throughout the book.
2: Yes. Yes. And I feel like if I can learn to do it with a starting point of zero, then anybody can
0: learn to do it. Yeah. I remember because when I got married to my mom, uh, my grandma was the one that she would always have the big, she's, she's Hispanic. So the big meals and, you know, at home it was more, um, the box of, uh, banquet chicken and Mm -hmm. you know she (laughs) did homemade spaghetti and stuff I remember going to the store after I first got married and grocery shopping with my new husband and I like went to get a box of chicken he's like what are you doing we could like buy chicken and I'm like I've never thought about like actually buying raw chicken and cooking it so I think you know I felt the same way I taught myself to cook I got the red and white Betty Crocker um, cookbook yes Yes! (laughs) for my wedding and it was like the best thing ever
2: I remember you know what I have not thought about a box of banquet chicken in years, but we used to eat that too growing up. Oh my
0: word. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that's just when you that's what you know. Mm-hmm. It's not even then all of a sudden it's like, oh wait, we could like cook recipes out of this cookbook. And wow, it actually turned out I still have that cookbook and it's just splattered. Like every page has mm-hmm. just splattering from me teaching myself basically how to cook. Yeah. I think
2: we have twin cookbooks because I have the same one.
0: <laughs> I love it. Now I know, I mean, so much um, you know, you talk about having people in, which I, I love how you talk about it. it's really making people feel appreciated and um and important instead of trying to impress them. But I know this is so hard. The pandemic is lasting way longer than anyone Mm -hmm. hoped. And I know, I mean, for I love being home and I love like not running around the place, but it got to the point where I'm like, okay, this is ridiculous. (laughs) I need to see people. How can we just continue to connect with people and love people even when we maybe can't welcome them into our homes during this time?
2: Yeah, we really have to get creative and think of some out of the box and out of the home ideas because. not always and really no longer in the pandemic does hospitality look like opening your front door and inviting Mm -hmm. a bunch of people in to sit down and all have a home-cooked meal together. So I think we need to learn to just have an attitude every day that asks the Lord to show us that person who least expects to be seen and Mm -hmm. somehow make them feel noticed, wanted, and welcome. And it can be anywhere. It doesn't have to be within your home. It can be at the grocery store. When you see that mom struggling with a screaming baby and a toddler grabbing stuff off the shelves, you know, don't roll your eyes at her and think, well, my children never behaved like that because you know they did. <laughs> but instead, you know, offer her a smile if you can through your mask. You got to make your, your eyes smile these days. But I like to just slip a $5 bill or a a $10 bill, if I have it to that gal and say, you are doing an important job, keep it up, what you do matters. And on the way home, buy yourself a latte. It looks like you could use one, you know, or learning to use the U S mail to deliver some welcome and hospitality, maybe make up a little care package of the favorite things, you know, that a friend you wish you could go visit, but you can't right now really enjoys and let the mail do your, your offering of hospitality or do porch drop-offs or drive-bys. I mean, there's a lot of different ways that we can let people know that we notice them and that they're wanted and welcome in our life that doesn't have to be within our four walls.
0: Yeah. And and then even thinking about within our four four walls, we still have, you know, six kids at home, my husband and I and my grandma. So we still have a full house, even we, you know, even if we don't have others who we can welcome in regularly. Um, And, you know, I love how you talk about in the book, um, you know, even though we, you know, it's easier almost to have share love with other people outside. But Mm -hmm. as parents, um, we need to remember that there's souls inside our home that we can nurture and that we can love and that we can pour into. And I think this is a time where I've seen even like celebrities or musicians that are usually on the road are talking about, wow, I'm really appreciating my time with my family. And so for those of us who do have um, kids at home, this could really be a time where we can take exactly what you're talking about, um, hospitality and making people, feel important and do that within our own families. Yeah.
2: Yeah. In fact, I have a whole section about family first, but not family only. And I think sometimes we see people go to one or the other extreme, either they think, well, my family's not going to hold me back from doing ministry and offering hospitality. And we put all our time and effort into other people, or we say that our families are kind of our excuse for not reaching out because, you know, my family just needs me. And I think we need to get to that happy medium place where our kids actually know that they're first and they're most important, but that they also see us reaching out to others because if they never see us do it, how in the world do we expect them to grow up and be people who reach out as well? You know. But I do think a lot of times we jump right to doing things for other people. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to give a lot of ideas for Making the people in your four walls feel welcome, especially when we're spending so much extra time with them these days.
0: Yeah. And for years, I had um, one of my prayers was, Lord, bring my heart home because it was so easy for me to go volunteer at the Crisis Pregnancy Center or to work on this writing project or like mm-hmm. do all this stuff outside when there was these little kids running around, mommy, mommy, you know, wanting my attention. I just needed to remind myself, I need to focus on them. And you talk about, you know, really entering into the world of our kids. And, you know, you talked about if, one of your kids is interested in a, a sport or a certain thing to really pay attention and let them know that you care and that you um, want to be involved in what they're interested in. Yeah, you might not have any
2: interest in the activity that they like but, and you don't love it, but because you love them, you'll learn about it. And I know my kids, they're all adults now, but they have said to me, each of them, how much it meant to them. That I researched something or I bought tickets to something or, you know, I sat down and watched something with them that they knew I would never in a million years watch by myself. But because I loved them, I entered their world and I and I did something that was a little bit out of the norm for me.
0: Yeah, that's so good. And even um, you know, taking the time to share maybe some things that you appreciated when you were little. My my kids think it's hilarious when I talk about we like this and we did this and <laughs> we you know, this is our fun. And then uh, you know, getting them you know, getting involved. I remember my sons that are thirty one and twenty six now, I'd sit down down and play Mario Kart on the GameCube Uh, with them and they still talk about mom would find places to crash or fall off where we didn't even know it was possible but it's it's fun memories for them to think about um, that I did take that time and do those things with them Mm mm-hmm did you eat banquet chicken while you we were doing that? Oh, yeah. No, I'm making my own chicken by now. <laughs> we're, not, we're not doing that anymore. Oh, that's funny. Um, okay, so let's talk about um, the Make Their Day. Because it seems like it's even a building, kind of a building block to go with, reach out and gather in. And the subtitle is 101 pa- Simple Powerful Ways to Love Others Well. And again, the same topic of really showing people love. So tell me a little bit more about that book. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So this book actually, well, let me back up. Reach out, gather in the 40 day challenge was written just before the pandemic. Like I turned it in the end of January, 2020, when I was hearing a little bit about COVID, but it wasn't really, right. you know, in the news like it, it is now. And then that book kind of went on its way. It was, it was kind of fast track cause it came out in the fall of 2020. But after I turned it in, I had so many ideas that I, still had that I didn't include in the book. And my editor reached out to me and said, you know, would you ever consider writing like just a small little gift book that Mm -hmm. was also full of ideas that aren't within your home because of the pandemic? And we could make maybe like 101 ideas. And I thought 101, I don't know if I have 101. Well, I had, more, <laughs> I had more than 101 when it was all said and done. I thought, you know, I, I think it's just because I'm getting old and I've been doing these things for the last, you know, 25, 30 years since I've been an adult. But Make Their Day really is just a lot of simple, most of them are very inexpensive or free ideas to just notice someone and do something that makes them feel just special and like, you know, surprised and I've divided it in parts. So there's ideas, there's a a section for your friends, there's some for your family, there's some to just do randomly around your town for what I like to call the necessary people, the people that are necessary for us to get life done. You know, they make our coffee, they teach our kids, they bag our groceries, they cut our hair, those kind of people. There's a whole section to do for people far away for people at church, for people that are hurting. And there is one section on your home, but the bulk of the book is just ideas you can do on the road to make someone just kind of stop and go, Oh my word. I can't believe they just did that for me on a random Tuesday afternoon. Cause you know, we all expect on our birthdays or Christmas or maybe Valentine's day that we're going to get a little something, something from somebody and maybe a card in the mail, but it's those Out of the ordinary, random days when we stop and tell someone that we appreciate them and that we love them, those are the ones that really stick.
0: Okay, so I want to hear some of these because I know you have. I mean, you have 101 ideas. We don't. We can't go through 101. But what are some of your favorite ideas that we can like say? Okay, yes, I can definitely do that this week.
2: Well, one whole um, concept that will even help people to spark their own ideas, but I will give an idea that goes with it. A concept that I really love, and I've I've talked about often when I've spoken and I've written about it before, is what I call a heart drop, learning to listen between the lines, to lean in Mm -hmm. and hear a heart drop. And so it might be that your friend mentions that their spouse is having some tests done and they're going to get the results back next Thursday. And they don't say, and I'm really anxious about it. And I could really use some prayer, but you are listening between the lines and you hear that little heart drop that that is how they're feeling. So you put in, a memo in your phone or your notes app, or your calendar, however you keep track of things to remind yourself that next Thursday in the morning, you are going to text them and say, I've been praying for your spouse. How, how are things? Did you get the results? And let me know how I can be praying. Just something little like that. And so it can also just be a random piece of information that you jot down as you're really listening to your friends and then you use it later. And here's one of the ideas in the book. So I had a friend she and I used to go out for coffee a lot and she had a really high maintenance coffee order, like even worse than mine. And I think mine's pretty bad, but she, <laughs> she rattled off this high maintenance coffee order and she wanted it double cupped and extra hot and light on the foam and blah, 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 blah. Well, when I got out to the car, I wrote it down in my phone, her high maintenance coffee order. I didn't know how I was going to use it, but I knew someday it would come in handy. And that was in the, the winter time, like probably January, February. Well, fast forward to that following fall, her only child went off to college and moved a couple hours away and they had moved him in the day before and she got home. And I knew when she got up, she works from home. And I knew when she got up that next morning and it was the first day of school in our school district. And she saw that school bus go by, she was going to miss her son. So oh, wow. I went to the coffee house. I got my high, slightly high maintenance coffee order, her very high maintenance coffee order. <laughs> and I showed up on her doorstep with a box of Kleenex and those two coffees. And I said, do you need a shoulder to cry on? I'm here to cry with you. And she was like, Oh, you're so sweet. What did you bring me a mocha? And I said, No, I brought you a and I rattled off from her high maintenance drink. And she was like, How did you ever know? And I'm like, because silly, I wrote it down the last time we were together. And so just little things like that, even another idea is, um, and I've been doing this for over 20 years. Whenever you go to a funeral, take that little program that they give you at the funeral home and write on your calendar, what would have been the deceased person's birthday, Mm. perhaps their anniversary and the day they died. I did this um, for my friend Debbie once her sweet father and her were very close. They used to go walking all the time. And especially on his birthday, every April she would drive to his town. They would walk two miles and they would enjoy a homemade carrot cake that she would make him Well, he died in September. And I knew that following April, it was going to be a hard day for her. So I wrote the day in my calendar. And on the day that would have been his birthday, I showed up on her front porch. I can hardly tell the story without crying. And <laughs> I knocked on the door and she flung it open. And I was there in my walking shoes with a homemade carrot cake. And I said, hey, how about two miles? You want to go for a walk? And she just burst out crying. And she said, how mm-hmm. did you know? And I said, because I wrote it down when I got home with <laughs> And we've, we've done things like had our, our little boys take flowers to an elderly, you know, 80 some year old sweet former Sunday school teacher on what would have been the anniversary of she and her now deceased husband. And when my little boys did that one year. They knocked on the door. The woman answered the phone and they said, Grandma Elma, happy anniversary. Grandpa Don was up in heaven and he's too busy today, so we brought you flowers instead. Oh and my goodness. <laughs> and she's like, how did you know? But it's so easy. It's just being attentive, getting these little tricks and these little habits and, and writing them down. It's not so much that... You have to be a super creative and organized person. You just need to be a noticer and you need to be prepared. And that's how we prepare, by, by listening to these people, by writing these things down. And the simplest, I mean, how much does it cost to give your friend a coffee? But when you give her a coffee, that's her exact high-maintenance coffee drink, on a day when she's really sad, it makes uh, just such a treasured memory.
0: Oh, that is so good and I love it you saying it's just being a noticer it's paying attention and mm-hmm. um, taking note and I even I mean now my thing is Facebook memories <laughs> well me kind of remember these things or yeah mm-hmm. it's your, you know you adopted your kids this day because I my my facebook memory pops up so I can even yeah. be a better noticer than just waiting for my facebook memories to pop up and and remind me of those things yeah
2: yeah exactly I've seen a lot of facebook memories pop up where, you know, it was the day that someone's loved one passed away. And so I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh, that was three years ago today. Maybe I should text them or maybe I should call them. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great deal.
0: And, and you mentioned it doesn't take that much time or, or that much money, just, you know, flowers or a cup of coffee. People just want to feel remembered and noticed. And um, that means so much. I have a friend, she's an older single lady who um, has, was divorced, had two miscarriages and so never had a child. And on mother's day, I'll try to send her a card or something in the mail and to remind her that she was a mother, you know, she carried children for a while. She was a mother and she, She's that means so much to her because to the world she doesn't look like she's a mother, but I knew that she carried children and had miscarriages, and so that those little things really make a big difference. Yes, they do. Now I want to hear maybe some ideas for teachers <laughs> because I'm a homeschool mom, um, but my kids do you know connect with teachers through virtual classes or other things. But I know so many teachers are really struggling with da- right now. What are some ideas that you have for teachers?
2: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I have several friends who were teachers and I kind of did a little crowdsourcing when I wrote this book and I talked to some of them about what most spoke love to them. And, you know, Mm -hmm. it was so funny because a lot of them said, you know, we loved and appreciated all the apple themed Christmas gifts we got, the apple ornaments and all that. (laughs) But it got to be a little much, you know, we could have had three Christmas trees that were nothing but apple ornaments. So um, most of them said what they did remember even more was the parents or were the parents that on a random day would stop, would come in the classroom or send them an email or a handwritten note just saying how much they appreciated the time and the effort and the love and the care that they gave to their child. And so it was, you know, not expected because it wasn't, on, you know, teacher appreciation day or Christmas or the end of, you know, last day of the school year or whatever, but it was just on a random day, but a couple, um, different ideas that I give. Um, one is, this is a really fun one. You can do this for a Sunday school school teacher. You know, if your kids are homeschooled and, and you want to do it for a Sunday school teacher, it works too, but have your child, um, write a letter to them in their very, um, best penmanship and specifically mention some things that they really love about the teacher and maybe tuck in like a little coffee house card or something. And they can use that as their, you know, sipping or or as their grading papers, they can sip on something, um, hot. And to take this even a step further, if you have an elementary age child, this is a really fun one. Um, quiz your student about the things about their teacher that they love. And also some things about like their looks, like what color are their eyes? How old is she? How many years have they been been a teacher? You know, what's their favorite hobby? What do they do for fun? And then make up a test that has all the, the questions maybe on the left-hand side of the paper and the, the answers in random order on the right side. And it's hilarious. I did this before and it's hilarious to see the teacher <laughs> try to match up the question with the answer, especially if you ask you know, a kindergartner how old is your teacher? They might say 82. Well, yeah, or 117. Our- yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, you know, it's just a, a fun way to just do, you know, teachers are used to having tests. Well, this test is all about them. And it just, it can often make some Uh, Hilarious uh, answers and uh, ensue, you know, when they are quizzed on some of these things. I um, actually gave this idea to my niece over Christmas, and she did it for her child's preschool teacher, and she said it was a the different like when she described her what color is her hair what color are her eyes she got it all completely wrong but you know and she used descriptive things too like what color her hair was but she'd say and sometimes it kind of looks like it she she stuck her her fork in a light socket because it's kind of crazy <laughs> kind of some days but other days it's straight that must be the day she goes to the barber you know what I mean <laughs> um, like, yeah. let them talk because kids are hilarious and they say the craziest things.
0: Oh, I love that so much, and um, it reminds me. I love how you mentioned Sunday school teachers too, because the church that we went to for 15 years when we lived in Montana, the Miss Carol taught kindergarten. I mean, as long as we were there, and probably 15 years before we got there, wow. and. Um, even after years after we moved to Arkansas, um, I saw online that she had passed away and I ended up calling up all my kids and like, do you remember Miss Carol? And they shared all these memories from when they remember in kindergarten. I'm like, oh man, I wish I would have thought, you know, before she'd passed away to collect those things. And, um, but I did email her daughter through Facebook and and share those memories with her daughter. So at least her daughter can just remember how important um, her mother was. But I'm like, Miss Carol was probably 30 years of teaching kindergarten. Wow. So all these kids went through, you know, her, her kindergarten um, classes, but just, a, it's a wonderful thing to think about um, how we can just capture those memories. Cause I know sometimes teachers, especially it's just, but they think, okay, they're, they're not being remembered. They're not, you know, the kids mm-hmm. aren't remembering them even years past. Um, and so, you know, that would be a good thing to even think about with older kids writing some of their old teachers or, or their oh, old yeah. Sunday school teachers.
2: Yeah. Or, or hunt them down on Facebook and, and you know, leave a comment if you can on their wall with a memory that you remember. I did that for a high school teacher and I've been on high school quite a while. And they (laughs) were so, it was actually my high school counselor and he was so touched. He remembered exactly who I was and he couldn't believe how specific of memories I had of the times that he really helped me when I was going through some hard times in high school. He helped me get a bunch of financial aid so I could go to the Christian college I wanted to go to. And I just remembered some real funny things too that happened. And, it just touched him so much. It's really easy to look up a former teacher now if they have a Facebook account.
0: Yeah. One of my favorite teachers was Miss Mallory. She's in sixth grade. And that's really where we read so much. And we would do book reports to each other. And her grandson's one of my friends. And I often I comment and like, tell Miss Mallory I said hello and tell Miss Mallory I loved when we read this book and tell Miss Mallory that. So um, it's fun to connect with that. Okay. Now I know we're recording this in January. But it's going to be Easter coming up by the time we release. So, do you have any special things uh, maybe that we can do to really spread love during the Easter season? What would your relationship with God look like if you followed Him out of love, not obligation? Authors and pastors Andrew Farley and Tim Chalice want you to feel true grace and freedom that come with knowing Jesus. In their new book, The Perfect You, they show you how to step into your identity in Christ as you live from your heart where Jesus resides.
2: Well, you know, it's it's a great time to try to reach out to people that maybe don't know Christ Mm. at Easter time because people, you know, they're thinking, you know, they're thinking a little bit more about spiritual things at Christmas or at Easter. And so uh, one thing that, that I did when my kids were little, but you could do this with people of any age that kind of, it's, it's kind of killing two birds with one stone. It's reaching out and doing something for somebody, but it's also teaching your kids about the importance of Easter and the importance of telling others the Easter story and, and praying as you're doing that is um, to make prayer pretzels. I have a recipe in the book but you could book up any recipe online to make homemade pretzels, you know, the big, nice kinds yeah. you get at the mall that smell so good and you dip them in the honey mustard. Oh, now I want to make them.
0: But anyway, <laughs> I'm totally getting hungry now.
2: <laughs> but, but years ago, making pretzels was often done with children during Lent to teach them the, the importance of prayer. Because when you think about the traditional shape of a pretzel, it, it, it mimics the folding of hands in prayer. That's exactly why they were made in that shape, which I never knew until I happened across this several years ago when my kids were little. So, you know, gather the family around, make some homemade um, pretzels, and then think about who in your life should you be praying for that doesn't know Christ and, you know, how can we show them love and um, how can we remember to pray for them so that they too can not just think of Easter as chocolate bunnies and and candied eggs, which those are all fun things. I do those things too, but that they can know the real meaning of Easter. So make these pretzels while they're in the oven, write down some people specifically pray for them. And then when they come out of the oven, deliver some of them to the people that you just prayed for.
0: That is such a good idea. And I mean, I love anything that can involve kids and think could show them like, let's pray for this family or for this person. Let's give to this person. And they are, Often are more, so much more diligent. I'll forget, like I'll pray for a couple of days, but if you ask them to pray with you, they're going to bring it up again and again. And I love that idea that we could pray for people. That, but then the practical thing of doing the prayer pretzels is so great. Um, I'm, 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 I'm taking notes right now as we're doing this because I think my kids would, and that's an, and again another thing that you can do even if you can't go into someone's home. Um, you could drop it off on their porch and say, hey, we just have a little something we dropped off at your porch. You know? exactly. <laughs> Enjoy. We're thinking of you. Exactly. hmm Oh, I love that so much. Okay, I just appreciate, I'm, I just have this huge smile on my face because so many ideas, and I know that was your goal, was to, are things that are so practical and something that we can do to give to others and encourage others. But the more I think about it or I think of things that we've done, I know it also helps us. Um, when the pandemic first started, I mean, after we had to cancel all the sports we were doing and the activities and the groups, I know my kids were feeling so down and depressed. And I said, you know what? We're not going to do regular homeschool today. We're going to bake cookies. We're going to bake brownies. We're going to make crafts. We're going to drop them off on the neighbor's doorsteps. And that encouraged them so much. And so I know, you know, we talk about reaching out and we talk about making someone's day. Um, of course, we do want the goal to be to help someone else, but also um, talk a little bit about how that does encourage us, inspire us, especially when we maybe are facing just these dark moods because of you know all that's going on in our world.
2: Well, I need to tell a story first before I can kind of talk to that, because what you're saying is exactly a lesson that I learned when I was in middle school. Mm. My, my mom, um, she and I are extremely opposite. Like she wouldn't scream if she were on fire. She's very quiet and she's very shy. <laughs> and, you know, I just talk all the time. Um, you know, I can do an entire hour with no topic. I just love to talk. But I learned to mimic something in her behavior because of a lesson that she taught me when I was in middle school. I came home from school one day. I don't remember exactly what happened. I was upset about something. I think it was maybe that I didn't get invited to a certain slumber party or I don't know, maybe some boy that I liked didn't talk to me after class at my locker. I don't know. But I was all upset and down on my life. And I remember sitting down with my mom at the dining room table and just kind of pouring my heart out to her. And I'll never forget what she said. She said, honey, whenever you think that life's not going well, hello, pan- pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. And circumstances aren't going your way and and you're just down and you're depressed about something. You need to remember that there's always someone out there who has it worse off than you. So here's what you do. You go find that person and you do something to make their day. And in a strange boomerang way, it ends up making your day as well. Because mm-hmm. you know what we do, especially in this day and age Of social media and I'm not knocking social media. I love it. I use it. I think it could be a great tool. But so often we are tapping and scrolling and swiping, looking at everyone else who Mm -hmm. seems to have life better off than us. You know, they've got a nicer house, a more romantic husband, better, you know, well-behaved children. And we get our eyes on them and we think, oh, must be nice. Instead, we need to stop looking at the people that we think have life better off than us and find out those, find those who surely don't and do something for them, whether it's providing for them physically, you know, go serve at a Women's shelter, go, Mm -hmm. you know, serve soup, take your kids and go, you know, when they're complaining that, oh, my gosh, we're eating the same food over and over again. And we're tired of the pandemic. We never get to go out to eat. You know, we don't get to have our favorite food at our favorite restaurant or whatever. Um, The the state I'm in is still in lockdown. The restaurants at this current current time. But instead of, you know, grousing about that. Take them to a homeless shelter where there are people that don't even know if they're going to eat every day and let them, I remember doing this with our, our kids when they're little and let, and then letting them see these people. And they're like, so happy to have a hot bowl of soup. And they probably have similar food at that shelter over and over again. They're not sitting down in fancy restaurants or even their favorite, you know, fun restaurant. And I remember my kids just, their, their attitude changing when they realized that, yeah, it might be a bummer that you can't have something a certain way, but there's someone in life that has it worse off than you. Maybe it's that they need emotional support or financial help. But find that person and do something for them. And it it just it completely flips your perspective. And my mom always used to say, get your eyes off yourself, honey. Get your eyes off yourself. And it's so true. And even like psychology bears this out. If you read studies, it says, you know, if you're feeling a little blue, go do something for someone. And it helps you to kind of pull yourself out of
0: that funk. Yeah, I love that. I love that story. Thank you for sharing that story. I got all teared up when you're sharing it. It made me think of something else we did a couple of months in the pandemic. We went, I just went to the dollar store. So everything costs a dollar. And we bought, you know, 20 toothbrushes, 25 toothbrushes, 25 things of toothpaste. We bought hand sanitizer and all these things. And we did care packages for the homeless. Um, oh, and so we have that. them in the car. We have, you know, the, my van my husband's truck and we just keeping them in there and we're going to the grocery store uh, going to a doctor's appointment I mean, we're not out very much but when we are I mean the kids are on the hunt they are eagle eyes mm-hmm. looking for who we can give them to and when they see someone I mean it's the most exciting thing ever they'll even like no go down this street go down the street instead, and, and they'll point out someone and we roll down the window and hand over the bag and um, it is such a joy and it was again one of those days when I'm when everyone's like complaining and grumbling and feeling bad I'm like you know what we're gonna go make these bags and we're gonna keep in the car and we're gonna hand them out to other people and I had them write little notes in there and it it became this again it uplifts us when we're able to give and care Mm -hmm. and serve other people see you know someone smile on their face as we hand over has snacks in it and all these things um is a true joy so again I love how you just you know think of someone else. <laughs> Don't always think about our, ourselves, but look for someone who who can really use um, something that you can offer today.
2: Yeah. And another thing I love to encourage people to is to do too, is to go find, I call it, go find your old self. Like mm-hmm. think of a time in your life when you were in a hard place and God met you and he comforted you. Well, go find a person in that situation. I was a child of divorce. I remember feeling um, sad sometimes that I had to go from house to house back and forth, back and forth. Well, you know, fast forward to now when my son brings home teenagers who are sitting around my dining room table talking to me about being in that situation, I can look them in the eye and say, I completely understand how you feel. And I, it's just, been interesting to me how God has brought these people into my life that are in the same situation that I used to be. So I kind of seek out those kids or like, you know, the example again of being in the grocery store, you know, go up to a mom that's in your situation, you know, 10 years prior who's wrestling with those kids and, and give them a, a smile and, a, and an encouraging word or, you know, can be even on a grander scale. I have a friend who struggled with alcoholism. And now he's been sober 10 years. He just started a nonprofit, a halfway house for men who are struggling with alcoholism and and really have needed a place Mm -hmm. to turn their life around like a halfway house. And so just be on the lookout for that person. You know, if you moved across country and you remember feeling really lonely when you first moved to the place you live now, well, go look for somebody that just moved to your town. Maybe there's someone right on your street that just moved in. Go, you know. Welcome them. Take them something. Um, in the pandemic, you know, I don't take as much homemade stuff. Sometimes I'll like take a pie from the local um, bakery to try to support the local business and welcome the new neighbor that might be a little leery of taking something from somebody. Yeah. During the pandemic is only. But I mean, there are so many times we can think back to our life of a rough patch that we hit. But God got us through. So go look for that person that's now in that rough patch today. And it makes me think of that scripture. And I'm notorious for knowing uh, a sort of scripture. Like I, I know what it says, but I can't tell you exactly <laughs> what it is. I, think it, I call them sort of scriptures. I think it's in Corinthians, one of first or second Corinthians about how God comforts us. Mm-hmm. And then we can in turn comfort others with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. It kind of brings it full circle when we go look for our old self and do something to make their day.
0: Oh, I love that so much. And I love all your examples. And, you know, there's so many things. And, and one thing I say is a prayer God always answers is when you say, Lord, show me who I can reach out to or love today. He will always mm-hmm. put someone on your mind. And sometimes you'll think, you know, even texting a note, you know, God put you on my mind today. I mean, and then the person will often, um, you know, message back. How did you know? <laughs> well, God knows. God. Isn't that wild?
2: <laughs> I have done that with people I haven't talked to in 20 years and God bring them them to my mind. And so I stop and I pray for them. And then I, you know, send them a private message on social media if I don't have their cell phone number and say, you know, I don't know why, but I was just thinking of you today. And so I said a prayer for you and I hope you're doing well. And they're like, my husband passed away this morning. Mm, you know, and it no, yeah. has to be God. That has to be God. Or it can just be, I was just thinking about you too. Yeah. I mean, God always connects the dots somehow when we're just listening and attentive to who he is, you know, tapping us on the heart and telling us to to reach out to.
0: Oh, that's so wonderful. Okay. The two books we want to mention before we wrap up is reach out and gather in and then also make their day 101 simple, powerful ways to love others. Well, Karen, just thank you so much for being here and just generally where can people connect with you online? Probably the easiest way because all my social media and everything is right
2: there on the homepage is to go to my website, which is kareneman.com and Eman is spelled
0: E-H-M-A-N. All right, well, thank you so much for being here. What a joy to talk to Carol Eamon today and just to learn about ways we can scatter kindness, we can love others well, and we can lift ourselves up as we care for other people. Um, One of the quotes that Karen says in the book is, let's make this our constant chorus. We will love, nurture, and comfort, and then we will do this even more. And I know sometimes I think I don't want to get up and serve my family serve my kids I'm tired this day is dreary or um, there's so many hard things but when I think about how I can reach out to people how I can love them how I can enter the world of my kids even without leaving the home I can read books with them that interest them or play games with them that they think are fun or listen to one of my daughters loves Korean pop music and she will tell me all about all the people and all these Korean pop groups Um, um, and it just makes her day when I take the time to really pour into her. And maybe your prayer needs to be the one that I have prayed for many years and will still need to pray uh, once in a while, which is, Lord, bring my heart home. Um, so many times that it's easy to connect with the people online and our friends and people with like-mindedness to us, the people that maybe enjoy the same hobbies or have the same careers or have the same dreams and then we have our kids that are there like they need our attention they want us to just be with them and I think we need to remember that you know not only reaching out means outside of our home but often in our home with our kids and um, I know that's always me having to pray that and have God remind me that it is so important to pour into even those closest to us now today's walk it out verse, verses. It's two verses today. Second um, Corinthians one three through four, and this is in the NLT New Living Translation version. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in our troubles, so that we can comfort others when they are troubled. We will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. And And I love how um, Karen talked about at the end of our interview about looking for people that are going through a situation that you once went through. That's why I've loved reaching out to teen moms. I remember what it was like being a teenager and being so scared and so nervous about becoming a mom. I know um, there are so many people that maybe have experienced the things that we have or are going through that right now. I'm going to read this verse again because I think it's just so beautiful. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. and. I pray that that will be all of our prayer today, that we will be able to give others the same comfort that God has given us. So let us pray. Um, dear Lord, thank you so much for Karen. Thank you for her heart for hospitality and her guidance to us that we may love more and scatter kindness to those in our lives and in a, in a time where we can't physically connect with so many people. It is a beautiful thing to send a note in a mail or like she said, you know, uh, put a, a bill in a young mom's (laughs) hand in the grocery store and say, treat yourself to a coffee. Any of those little things can really make the difference in someone's life today. Lord, I pray that you will just encourage us and inspire us um, to reach out. I pray that you will bless Karen and bless her ministry and encourage her and inspire her for the work that you have for her. And each of us today, may you show us how to love others well and that we may feel your love in your name we pray. Amen. Well, friends, um, thank you so much. And I know that, um, that you, are encouraged and inspired by my guests, just like I am. I enjoy these times when I'm able to sit down and chat with people and hear about what God is speaking to their hearts and be encouraged. And um, it's, it's just a joy for me to be able to do this podcast. Now, if you enjoy it, there's some cool things. Um, first of all, I just saw that it is available on Audible. So if you have an Audible subscription or the Audible app, on your phone which is a free app you can download they have a podcast button and you can search for trisha goyer and walk it out and you can listen to your um these podcasts on audible and you can let your friends know if they have audible like it's free completely free they can listen to the podcast there Also, Amazon.com. If you go to Amazon, you can search. And the podcast is there also for free that they can download for free. So maybe people that, oh, I don't want to worry about this podcast app or iTunes or all those things um, are so confusing. Well, they can go to Amazon.com now (laughs) and just download from there. So that is pretty exciting. But if you are encouraged and blessed, um, first of all, I would love for you to share it, but also reach out to my guests. Let them know on their social media that you heard about them on my podcast and um thank them for taking the time to come and be my guest and to share with all of us it really is an encouragement for my guests too and i love when i hear from people and they say oh you're podcast listener followed me or reached out to me or told me they bought my book, that is such an encouragement. So I appreciate that and know that that is reaching out to me and my guests when you do that and uh, scattering kindness. I pray that you will have a wonderful day, a wonderful week, and that you will feel God's love and comfort in amazing ways today.
1: for listening to Walk It Out. Head over to the show notes for this podcast and all past episodes at www.walkitoutpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with someone you know who can make a radical difference in the world. We love new friends. See you next time.